0: Welcome to episode 191 of the Worship Leader Props podcast. Guys, we're so glad you're listening today. I mean, genuinely, we are excited that you're here. Uh, There's the three E's. We always talk about them. We hope this time entertains you. We hope it encourages you, and we hope it equips you for ministry. Uh, So before we jump into what is going to be a, like a buckle up episode, and I mean like all my weird slangs like barn burner, it's going to be a whale of an episode, like all of those. It's all of those. Um, do this for us, for for us, do this for us, do this for us, uh, jump over to Apple podcast, give us a five-star rating and a really fresh review. We really, really need your help. It, it just helps to get the podcast out to more people. And, uh, you know, we're just, like church doinks, you know that yeah. you guys, are we, we're not telling you anything. You don't know, right? <laughs> Listeners, our listening family, uh, you hear her, you know, her, you love her. It's big Yonsei.
1: Yonsei in the house, <laughs> in the hizzy, <laughs> oh, man, you are, uh, you are not lying about this, this episode today. <laughs> I mean, it Buckle it was up. like drinking out of a fire hose. Um, yeah. when we finished talking, to our guests today, I said, "Man, I feel like I just read like a two-week devotional in ten minutes, uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh my. My, taking my, notes." My. So, so good. So, like Brian said, we we have a we have some great stuff in store. We are going to share some resources with you. We are going to laugh at prayer concerns. I cannot wait for that. Uh, we are going to answer a DM that came through about communication and organization. So, we're going to share some helpful tidbits on that. And then the conversation that we had that just blew our minds was with Ian Simpkins from the Bridge Church just outside of Nashville. He's a pastor. Um, Just such incredible wisdom that came from Straight Fire. Fire. Maybe you've seen some of his black boxes on Instagram. But anyway, phenomenal conversation with Ian Simpkins. Um, So that's what we've got coming up.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be fire, guys. So buckle up. And uh, before we jump into all that, we want to tell you about some very special people at Planning Center.
1: Okay, fam, it's time to talk about Planning Center. So if you're a worship pastor, maybe you're thinking, I'm already using services. What are we doing talking about Planning Center? Okay, well, did you know that with services, you can also have free access to another incredibly powerful product called People? With People, you can create a volunteer pipeline to get new volunteers through their application process and then assign to a team. In People, you can create an online form to get new volunteers a workflow to help you walk them step-by-step through the application and training process and then automatically add them to services so you can get them scheduled and that's just one way you can use people so give it a try learn more at planningcenter.com pipeline and remember if your church is looking for tools to help with things like giving small group chat event signups live streaming and custom reporting Planning Center has tools for that too. So let your church administrator know. Check out planningcenter.com.
0: All right, Jennifer, yeah. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you have any crazy roommate stories?
1: No, I don't because you want to know what? I never had a roommate. The, the, other than like never? my yeah, my older sister and I had an apartment together, but it's like we're sisters. So...
0: So how about this? And then Do you I got have any married. Crazy Josh stories. We needed you got any <laughs> yes. crazy Josh stories.
1: Oh my gosh. It's oh goodness. It'll cost me one husband if I
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know, marriage is kind of funny though. You're kind of like, all right, oh my. Yes, I'm gonna pick yes. this one. And now <laughs> we're gonna see how the rest of this goes. Okay. Um okay. I okay, here we go. I'm gonna just expose him because he's not here to stop me. So <laughs> so Josh is a beautiful beautiful soul um he scares easily um and just just easily and so if like something happens in the middle of the night and he gets you know woken up suddenly it's it's yeah. usually like just kind of ah! and you know not very coordinated, <laughs> not you know uh, so, so this this one time when we were we were living in California he'd fallen asleep on the couch because you know that's what happens it's, yeah. it's the evening you're watching your show, you're relaxing you fall asleep and something had happened I don't remember if like a child made a loud noise. Someone fell, but it startled him awake. And we had this Ottoman in front of the couch and he, I don't know if he was still half asleep, but he like jumped up, like trips over the Ottoman totally just like wipes out on the floor and then kind of like, is like, what, what's going on? So we just like watch him do this. We're like, you, you okay? Like what, (laughs) what just happened? So, um, Yeah. So he's, he's got, I've got several stories like that when it comes, when it comes to him, where if you startle him awake, usually what happens afterwards is quite entertaining.
0: So guys, Josh is amazing.
1: He is. Yeah.
0: To know him is to love him. Yeah. Yeah. And I only know him a little bit, but everything I know, I love.
1: And I definitely got the better end of the deal. I definitely like it's, (laughs) if you had him on here, which we're not ever going to do on the worst with props podcast. Have Josh come on and share <laughs> Ooh, stories.
0: <laughs> that's an idea. Ooh, yeah. Good idea.
1: Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Very good idea. No, but he's, okay. he, what, right. he's awesome. Okay. But what about you? You had roommates, right?
0: Um, I did. I did have roommates. Um, And I, so I started college. My first roommate, uh, I started at a secular university, Indiana university in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, I was a trumpet major. Uh, I did the, uh, you know, that like random roommate, like I didn't have somebody I went to high school with or like my best friend from childhood. I just got, uh, whoever they assigned. And so I got this guy named Dan, uh, from Northern Indiana. Dan wasn't a believer. And so we were kind of a little on different, uh, (laughs) wavelengths. And, um, when it came time to like rush fraternities, Mm -hmm. uh, that wasn't my bag. Right. Right. I was not going to do that. Dan, Dan was all in. So, I, I, I watched him. <laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna tell a story. I watched him through all of the like initiation, mm-hmm. which is pretty weird, right? Yeah. And again, secular university, mm-hmm. secular. So I come in one night to the room, and Dan is standing in the middle of our dorm room, completely without clothing. <laughs> he is. Taping garbage bags all over his skin, like like those dark colored, like yeah. black garbage bags. He's taping them all over himself. Okay. I look at him and I'm like, Dan, what are you doing, man? Is this <laughs> is this really what you want to be spending your time on? Like, yeah, uh, you know, like I'm coming in from Bible study. Or right. whatever. Yeah, Here's yeah. my roommate taping garbage bags all over his body. So they were doing something to another frat house as part of their initiation. And apparently it was going to get pretty messy. So it required. Wow. That would yeah, so be my, a
1: quite jarring to walk in. On.
0: It was a little jarring. It was a little jarring. Yeah. Old oh, Dan. Man. Hope Dan's doing well. Um, I'm positive he's not a listener of the podcast, but um, if this finds its way to <laughs> maybe him, him.
1: Maybe I, he found Jesus. Who knows? I
0: wish you well, Dan. <laughs> Oh man! Oh my lord! Gosh. Yeah, yeah, that's... gotta laugh. You gotta laugh.
1: Yeah. That, what else can you do when that? When that? That's happens? it.
0: That's your option.
1: Speaking of needing to laugh, though, do you know what time it is?
0: Bring it. What time is it?
1: I think it's time for prayer concerns.
0: Prayer Concerns is brought to you by our friends at Five Words Media. They're the amazing people that bring you free church AV. Five Words Media is also the official AVL integrator of worship leader props. Now, if your church is planning an upgrade to your production gear or maybe have a new building in the works, start with a call or an email to the team at Five Words Media. They're the best in the biz, and they will do an incredible job of finding the right gear to help your church realize their vision of making a greater impact for the kingdom. Just consider them as an extension of your church production team, and they'll focus on the five words that clients experience with every project they do. Those five words are see, hear, feel, design, and build. Just click the link in our bio, and then click on the link for Five Words Media to get started today. Guys, prayer concerns, it's just the highlight of my week. So, you know, your congregation is not short on feedback. As as I told you last week, they've been given a license to share. Right. they're experts and some, on feedback. They're expert. They're experts, and so sometimes they like what you do. Some sometimes, many times, they don't like what mm-hmm. you do, and they're going to tell you about it. And whether you serve on the music side or the production side, they're going to have thoughts about song choice, or lighting, or volume, or. Your ripped jeans mm-hmm. as if you're a worship leader or if you wear a hat on whatever. So they might use your connection card or the chat of your live stream, YouTube comments, social media posts, yep. Google reviews. They're coming at you. People send these in to us from all over. We'll never never share your name or your church's name, but you can go to worshipleaderprobs.com, click on the prayer concerns tab, and send yours to us. Maybe it's just a roast you got. Maybe you got a ridiculous decline from a member of your team. We're taking those two. Maybe you've got a really unusual song request, like somebody wants you to sing Circle of Life from The Lion King. Send those in to us, and we will share them on the podcast, but we won't share your name ever, I promise. So let's dive right in. Prayer concern number one. I recently got a comment that my electric guitar was of the devil because it had pointy edges. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh God, I just—what is happening in—in in the mind there? Just you know, what is happening just in the where, mind? Where's there? your mind going? I, <sighs>
0: where? What are you thinking? I yeah, know, like I know, just a I know. That—that just,
1: just that seems like a reach for me, but I guess not for them. <laughs> I guess not.
0: Oh Lord Jesus, help us! Come on, family. Prayer concern number two. I recently emailed my team and told them we were going to start using Click. A guitarist calls me minutes after hitting send and says, yeah, I don't use in-ears. Now, I'm new at this church, so I haven't really even met the whole worship team yet. I said, you don't ever use in-ears? He said, if Paul McCartney called and asked me to play their biggest concert and told me I had to use ears, I would say, thanks for the offer, but I'll see you later.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I don't know if that's... Not a fan of the years. Is it confidence or arrogance? I'm not sure which one that is. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. It's a man of principles right there. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, he's standing on those (laughs) principles and not playing for Paul McCartney.
1: Nope.
0: Um, Okay, number three, prayer concern number three. We have a little old couple that comes up and tells us that they really like our worship. And then they hand us a CD of songs that they would like us to do. And they said, also, can you please record several of the songs that we've written? And all the songs were written to the tune of songs like, She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain, (laughs) but with a Christian theme. (laughs) Can you oh even
1: that's like a multiple ask too. Hey. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big ask, right? <laughs> Not only can you do these songs, we're asking, can you record, the, uh, but also our original music.
0: Yeah. Can you go ahead and take a stab yeah. at that too? <laughs> She'll be coming around. How would you even what I, you make I that kinda,
1: into? I kind of want to hear that. I, I, would I love wish to hear I wish that. they'd send some of the lyrics in.
0: You, send you send. and I we yeah, could we could yours. perform
1: it live on the podcast.
0: There you go. I'll play and you sing. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I, I'm for that. Okay, number four, prayer concern number four. After Sunday's service, where I led the service, played keys, set up the sound mix, preached the sermon, and ran the live stream from my phone, someone came up to me after the service and said, well, at least it was a bit better than last Sunday. Last Sunday, in which I also led, live streamed, mixed, and played, was a cacophony. Cacophony. Okay, that is a that's, big word. That
1: we haven't gotten that word yet in a prayer I'll
0: be honest with you. I had to Google it.
1: <laughs> You're like, is, Cacophony. This is a compliment? I'm thinking not, but.
0: This is, it means a harsh, discordant mixture of sounds. Wow. That's not good. <laughs> that is not, no. In terms no. of worship service, that would be bad. Yeah. Cacophony would be yeah. a bad
1: thing. I feel really sorry for the person who received that. That's, I do too. That's, that's- I bet
0: it I bet it wasn't a cacophony. Anyway. No, no. I'm going to use that a, as many a, times as I can. Now.
1: Throw your hands in the air moment. What more do you want from me, people? <laughs> and and you wave know them like you just don't yeah. care. <laughs> you know how about next week? You come in and you run the live stream and you do the mix. Yeah, and, and uh, preach and yeah, and preach run, and
0: yeah, and do all the all the things, right? Yeah. Okay. Here's the last one. The bottom of the pudding cup prayer concern number five. The week after I helped lead worship, I turned and greeted a congregant who said to me. When you began to sing, your voice paralyzed me. It, <laughs> I don't know. Is that well, good?
1: Yeah. Is it good or bad?
0: Is that good or bad? There's I, no,
1: there's no more on that sheet. That's just, just it. That's your voice it. Paralyzed and I me. can't.
0: I can't imagine it was good. I know. I is being paralyzed is probably never I know cuz you would
1: typically if it was good you'd be like it took my breath away. Okay, that's right. th- Yes, yeah, yeah, positive. Yeah. Was, but paralyzed yeah, Exactly.
0: It I was stunned.
1: Yeah, or, I don't know yeah. if paralyzed is ever used in a positive context. So <laughs> <laughs> usually like paralyzed with fear, not Oh, oh my gosh. Right.
0: Gosh. Okay. So fam, those are prayer concerns. Please keep yours coming. Go to the website, worshipleaderprobs.com. Click on the prayer concerns tab and send yours in to us. You can also DM those to us on the socials. Um, Well, let's head into the next segment of the podcast that we call sliding into the DMs. Sliding into the DMs is brought to you by Marshall Electronics. For over 40 years, Marshall has been designing high quality video cameras and equipment for live productions of all sizes. Marshall has been a sponsor of Free Church AV since the very beginning and they continue to support the mission. Marshall is well known for its miniature CV 500 series cameras that offer excellent video quality in a very small package. Mount them over a drum kit or a keyboard or a mic stand. You can put them almost anywhere you need to add an interesting perspective to your church service or live event, all at an extremely affordable price. The new miniature CV 566 camera can be seen on this season's install of Free Church AV, featuring the latest in Sony sensor technology with easy setup and operation. Go check out the Marshall family of cameras at the link in our bio. So we are always taking your DMs. We're always game for answering questions, um, questies, whatever (laughs) you want to call them. So uh, we recently got a DM that just said communication and organization. My assumption is, how do you do that? Right. was, was what they were meaning. Like, yeah. what are some systems? What are some ways that you can improve your communication and organization? And so we will have a conversation about, you know, how have we done that? What have we learned over the years about helping communication and organization with our teams? Yeah. What do you think, Yancey?
1: Well, I would say, first of all, you have to figure out whether or not you have strengths in those areas? Am I, a, you know, because some people just are not good at communication. Not right, as much, right. not even as much in the way they communicate, but it's more like the frequency or the just remembering yeah. to tell people tough, things, very you tough. know, in yeah. oh, organization. So I would say do some uh, self-examination and see, am I, yeah. is this a strength or is it not? I always say still work on it even if it isn't. Don't be like, well, that's Absolutely. just not something I'm good at. No, you need to right. grow, <laughs> right. get better at it. But yeah. maybe identify somebody who does have those strengths who can help you. Whether yeah. that's reminding you, keeping you on the ball or kind of uh, executing things for you. So you got to know what you're working with first. That, right, that, right. Would be, uh, that would be the, the first step, I would say. Um, and then secondly, I would probably say if you're talking about uh, in a team atmosphere, you have to be, especially when it comes to communication, you kind of have to meet the team where they're at. You know, we we can kind of go, well, this is the way I want them all to communicate. I want to use this app. I want to whatever. But if you're unwilling to kind of meet the team on the on the level that they're at, you might some of your communication might fall short. Like, for example, um, you, you know, there's all kinds of apps. There's like Slack, there's GroupMe, there's Discord, there's all of these apps that that we can all use to help build communication. But that app is no good if nobody's going to log into it, if they're going to turn off their notifications, yeah, that sort right. of a thing. Not helpful. Not right. Helpful. Not helpful. And I know that that can be irritating as a leader because you can kind of just go, well, I wish they would all just do this. Or, I'm going to mandate that, that they do this. But I do think some flexibility in leadership is going, OK, they don't want that. So. What can I do? What, what's more important? That I get the info to them or that I stand and I hold my ground and I'm like, this is what we're going to use. Yeah, and half yeah. the team isn't on it. Um, so I would say be willing to be flexible and kind of um, meeting the team where they're at. If they, if if people just seem to do better with text, then guess what? You're all getting thrown into a gigantic group right, text.
0: Right. And, <laughs> and your notifications and, <laughs> and, <laughs> on notifications. Yep.
1: And we're going to blow it up because the nice thing too, at least with like a group text is even if they silence it, it they're still going to have a little notification, but those would be two, probably at the top of my mind, two, two yeah. little pointers. What yeah. what about you? You probably have, you're way more when it came to oh, gosh. organizing your team, you, you had quite the system.
0: I well, like. I, you know, I, 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 I learned mostly by failing right. know, and not, <laughs> not doing a great, a great job with it. And so like, I would say, uh, I think the key, one of the keys with communication is just consistency. Yes. Um, you know, communicating regularly and, and communicating the same things like, mm-hmm. like, you know, don't communicate a system to your team until it's, until you're pretty finished with it. You know, right, like yeah. if you've got 18 more steps to figure out, I'd, I'd probably save the communication until you're, until you're ready to really roll out a plan. Right. Um. But I, you know, being consistent with it. Um, you know, planning center, I love, which you can automate these reminders and all the like planning center does a lot of the, of the consistency part for you. Right. Um, but if you're going to, you know, your, your team, I think, uh, certainly meet them where they are, uh, as you, as you said so well, I think, you know, maybe over time with consistency, you can help, uh, to, sh- you know, shape. You know, you can shape vision, you can shape Mm -hmm. uh, culture, you can shape a lot of things with just really solid, consistent communication. Um, And then I think organization, man, I I think Pastor Scott said this on here, guys, if you are the leader, nobody on your team should out-prepare you. Nobody on your team should out-pray you, all of that stuff either. Mm -hmm. But you should be the most prepared person uh, on your team. Like if, if people are coming to rehearsal And you're still setting up or you're still uploading charts to the planning center plan. Or uh, if you, if you have a printed chart Mm -hmm. church still, you're, you haven't printed charts yet or whatever, and people are, are, are showing up to rehearsal. No, 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 You, you need to change that. And I, I, I'm, I I respect you. I love you. This Mm -hmm. is, this is big tasty talking to you out of love. Change that. Yep. Okay that's not setting you up for success that's not setting your team up for success either mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, you know you need to work ahead and I know that can be challenging if you're bivocational or volunteer or part-time or whatever um, you need to plan ahead you need to work ahead yep. um, and and so that you can be uh, you can be set free uh, you know to greet your team as they're coming or whatever I, I always said I'm a, I'm a, like a guy who lives within systems and so if you have a question, Trust the system. Like, what is our system? Uh, Hopefully you've done the first one, which is communicate. You've communicated the system that you, that you wrote uh, so that, you know, people know um, it's, first of all, that's going to save you so much time in answering questions. If you're communicating consistently and people can trust the system that you developed, like this is our system. Rehearsal always starts at this time on this day. Um, uh, This is always our call time, um, unless it's a Christmas or Easter, like, like, a consistent organizational, uh, strategies that your, your team can say, okay, I, I don't, I'm, I'm gonna trust the system. Uh, if I have a question, should I, A, text the leader first, B, call the leader, C, show up at the leader's house to ask them, or D, check planning center. Right. That's it. That's a no brain, like yeah. check planning center. Like don't call me, don't text me. Uh, don't, don't show up at my house. Just check planning center first. Like that's mm-hmm. a, that's a kind of a no brainer on the uh, organization side.
1: Yeah. That's good. All good. That's my two cents. Tasty tidbits. That's what we should call that.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. Uh, So yeah, fam, that's sliding into the DMS, please uh, continue to send your questions in and uh, we'll try to unpack them here or maybe in a, an IG live, or uh, we might shoot you a DM back and just say, here's some stuff to think about. So yeah, we love that. Well, okay, so recently uh, we had the chance to sit down with Ian Simpkins. Um, Ian is a senior pastor at the Bridge Church, which is just outside Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I really don't even know what else to say about this conversation right, other than yeah. buckle up, get your notes app open, get a pen and paper, if you're that kind of person. Whatever you, Whatever you do to take notes, Get ready right. because you're going to hear some stuff that you may probably have not heard before. You mm-hmm. definitely haven't heard him here on this podcast. And so, mm-hmm. um, buckle up, get ready for our conversation with Ian Simpkins. Well, the Worship Leader Props podcast is thrilled to have Ian Simpkins with us today. Ian, thanks so much for taking the time. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. No brainer. We've been eyeing you for so long. Right. No. Right.
1: Yeah. No, (laughs) we've been looking forward to this. Looking forward to talking with you because when those little black boxes pop up in the feed... (laughs) It and they're always straight fire too. Always. Sends wow. me straight to
0: the war room, man. Right. I'm like on my knees praying. I'm a horrible Christian. Right. It's so
2: good. So- You're in good company, man. Am I even
1: saved? <laughs>
2: right. Exactly. So yeah. Oh, no. Thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for that. They're no, just so kidding. So good.
1: So good. So how's this year been for you so far?
2: Oh gosh. It's it's been a trip. Um, we just had our third child a few weeks ago, and uh, and that of course comes with all of the joy of new life and watching two toddlers welcome a third screaming baby and then all of the sleep deprivation that's sort of we're in the midst of all of that my wife is an absolute rock star she's my hero and that's mm-hmm. been it's it's so cool to see i don't know the way that the lord has just moved in my kids lives and the way that they're like loving this new baby but uh you know we're new to the south and so i've i've been at this this church outside of nashville for a little over a year and a half and so i feel like we're still getting our sea legs, you know. I'm like learning landmines as I step on them. That's always <laughs> kind of fun. Um but the 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 culture and community here has just been so amazing and the way that they like rallied around my wife and I with a, a pregnancy that was pretty tough and we just feel incredibly blessed as cliché as that sounds. We feel really grateful. We you know, our prayer when we moved down here was that we would find like real friendship, like real community. Mm -hmm. And we feel like that's just been, that's just been such a gift to, to, you know, experience that. Uh, I think in in a way that was much faster than we anticipated, to be honest. So it's been, it's been a blast. We're having a great time.
0: Well, clearly you're like a backward, not very personable guy. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm sure I'm kidding. Totally kidding. That's dude. what I'm we, going for. Yeah. <laughs> we got, we got on here and we were like laughing instantly. So yeah, I'm sure that's, that's amazing to hear. I'm glad it's, it's going quickly. That's awesome. Um, okay. So do, did a little research. You You have a really interesting story of your journey into ministry
2: hmm. and
0: even how you got to Nashville where you are now. So can you unpack a little bit of your, your background and your story for us?
2: Sure. Yeah. Stop me. If this is uh too long winded, you just asked a pastor to tell you a story. <laughs> and there's no, Maybe you can there's keep no...
1: like the object lesson points out of it. And
2: just, <laughs> just... There's no keys behind there's me. No... Let <laughs> me know when to wrap it up. though. And we need the know. pad. We need the pad. No, there's no fog. Right. We, I, I grew up outside Detroit, oldest of seven kids and um, went to church, not because I liked it, but because my dad was big and scary and said, you're going. And uh, so I went. And long story short, I had gotten into music. I was playing drums in a couple of bands and kind of living a, you know, kind of a different life. And I, our associate pastor, pulled me aside one Sunday and said, "I want you to preach next month." And I, I said, uh, "No, thank you." And he said, "I wasn't asking." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So I, I, uh, I preached on Moses the next month. Uh, the title was something like Moses, the reluctant leader. And it was terrible. It was like a really, really bad sermon. And I, I walked off the stage like so discouraged and embarrassed. And this, this old woman came up to me afterwards, and she, well, she said two things. One, she looked me in the eye and she said, "That was pretty bad." <laughs> I'm like, "Thank you. I'm aware. I know that." Uh, but then she said something that kind of changed my life. She said, "Secondly, I believe the Lord has given you a voice, so you better learn how to use it." Oh. It was like a, like tingly up my spine kind of moment. But at 16, I still didn't really know what it meant. So kind of ran from that for a while, eventually moved to Chicago to study youth ministry. And that was a whole other experience. Um, Got a peek behind the curtain doing internships at churches and didn't really love what I saw. I was pretty idealistic, Mm -hmm. like a lot of 19, 20 year olds. Mm -hmm. So I told my folks, I'm going to finish the degree, but I don't think I can work in a church. I don't think I can do it. And that next day, a church called me uh, wanting to interview me, which was weird because I hadn't applied anywhere. Um, So that was sort of like a felt like a divine thing. And I had unloaded on them. I'm like, I'm not even sure I want to work in a church. And they're like, we think you'd be a great fit. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear me? Like, I don't uh, I'm not even sure where I fit in all this. And uh, around that same time, I got an opportunity to go to India for the summer and miraculously, this church like held the position for me to let me go to India, I got there and the guy I was supposed to be doing an internship with ended up being a bit of a shyster. And I got kicked out of his house and lived as a, essentially a homeless nomad for about two and a half months in Northern India. And that was massively formative for a million other reasons came back to this position at this church. And a year later, the lead pastor was removed for just a, a laundry list of moral failures. Wow. And it felt like everything came crashing down again. I was like, mm-hmm. God, this is why I didn't want to work in a church mm-hmm. for, for reasons like this. Church started to kind of spiral, understandably. Um, the elders got a handle of the, the finances and discovered that we had six months to bankruptcy like oh, as a church. Wow. Wow. And so they called me in and they essentially said, do you want to take a crack at it? And I was like, "Not really." Like, <laughs> <laughs> looks like the ship is going down. And they asked me, uh, "Would you at least pray about it?" Which I was like, "Oh crap!" I guess I can't say no to that. Um, and the Lord just did a one hundred and eighty in my heart. I don't know how else to describe it. I was legitimately dusting off the resume, mm-hmm. and and I spent a couple of weeks in prayer. And the Lord just ignited my heart for this community for these people. And so I I became the lead pastor at twenty six. I had no idea what I was doing. I had a bachelor's of youth ministry. So I just like did youth group games, but on Sunday, like I didn't, <laughs> right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to draw from. And by, by God's grace and his grace alone, we like pulled out of this tailspin and, and people started coming back and, and serving. And, and we saw people healed of stuff, which mm. is not a part of my like tradition, mm. you know? And yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was there for 10 years, which was a whole, whole wild trip. It's where I met my wife. Uh, which is, I would not recommend meeting your future wife as the lead pastor of a church because there's no there's no non-creepy way to ask that woman out. Right, yeah. yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's no, you gave me such a hard time for like how slow I moved. I was like, put yourself in my shoes. Like if I ask you for coffee and you're like not into it. Yep. One of us has to leave now. <laughs> <You know? Exactly. laughs> that's awkward for everybody. So I I met her and then we moved to Naperville and I was with Dave and John Ferguson at Community Christian Church uh, for five years there. And then I don't know how much you want to know about my my transition here to the bridge in, uh, in Middle Tennessee, but that's a whole other kind of miraculous story. We weren't looking, weren't searching. And I got a random email from uh, someone on the search team here and uh, I thought it was Spam, actually, because the guy's name was Stone. And I was like, not, no one's name is Stone. That's fake. Uh, turns out he's on staff and uh, now like a really dear friend. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> wow. awesome. But uh, we've been here for a year and a half and it's just been it's been a joy. It's been wow. great. It's awesome.
1: Wow. It's wow. awesome. OK, wow. so you've obviously had quite the journey and you've you've seen a lot. You've seen a lot. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you this as you look at the global church. Do you see anything that you would classify as like, hey, red flag, area of concern, let's all be alert, you know, Mm. this this is something that maybe we're going to need to deal with or address?
2: So we, one of the things that I really appreciated about my time at Community, you know, it's this uh, multi-site church planning church that has um, a presence across the globe. So we would regularly have people from other parts of the world come and do internships and residencies with us mm-hmm. which I grew up in a Christian missionary alliance church so I feel like mm-hmm. for as long as I can remember I've had a a heart and an interest in the global church right
1: mm-hmm. yeah you know when
2: our little church of 100 we were funding like six or seven missionary families wow. so when they came home on furlough pre youtube pre facebook we were their home church and I remember sitting through you know presentations of their photo album of like here's what the lord's doing in venezuela and mm-hmm. uganda and that just like blew in my mind so at community, anytime somebody from a different part of the world was with us, I selfishly would like always try to get coffee with them. I'm like, what are you seeing where you're at? Like, yeah. I know you're here to learn. And I'll never forget this. This is the first conversation that came to mind when you asked that question. We were in a teaching team meeting, and a buddy of mine uh, was doing an internship from Kenya. And there was a part in a sermon that we were debating whether or not to say it this way. And we were talking about God's power. Mm-hmm. And we were like, is that a weird way to talk about it? Does that resonate? Does that make sense? And he said, it is baffling to me that you guys are even debating whether or not to talk about this. In Africa, we are always talking about God's power because we feel so powerless. And then he said, what I've observed in America, he says, you all are talking about God's presence so much because I think you're so lonely. Wow. And I thought... That is a really keen insight. His observation of the Western church was that there's a lot of excellence in songwriting, in production, in like the gathered event, And the the pandemic that he was seeing was a pandemic of loneliness, of, of isolation. So actually, when you ask a question about the global church, I actually don't think that's necessarily an issue globally, but that's certainly something that I've seen pervasive in a Western context. And I think that almost is a subset of one of the problems that I see. I think sometimes we assume church as we do it here should work everywhere. I I think that's a mistake. I think that's a really uh, difficult thing to expect a copy and paste methodology from middle Tennessee Mm -hmm. to work in Nairobi. And uh, but as we all know, you know, doing the work of contextualizing anywhere is exactly that It's, it's work. And I think sometimes the church struggles to embrace that Mm -hmm. because we look at whoever's like, we, you know, doing it well.
0: yeah, And then we say, how
2: can I just do it like that? You know, when I was pastoring a a little church outside Chicago, a week didn't go by where I didn't get an email that was like, you know, build a Willow Creek type budget or Willow Creek type set on a small church budget. I remember thinking like, why is that the goal? Like that's not a, you know, so I feel like that's a pressure that, uh, at least in my very narrow experience, Many churches and church leaders are looking at whoever they see to be like doing it best and trying their best to sort of copy and paste that methodology. Mm -hmm. That's not to say there's not a lot to learn. I just wonder sometimes if we've lost the uniqueness of like a localized call, like Mm -hmm. has God given you a vision and a voice for these specific people at this space and time and to worry less about. Being an influencer on Instagram, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think sometimes that appetite can drive us to uh, uh, a distorting of some of our methodologies.
0: Oh man, that's I, so good.
1: I want to dive a little bit in though to that to that loneliness because I have hmm. never thought of that. What What do you think could be contributing to that in the American church? Gosh, you're like, let me get the list ready.
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say I have an endless list of things <laughs> that come to mind. I think, I think one of the greatest. Enemies of community is the illusion of its of its existence. I think sometimes we slap the word community on our church signs and we're like, community. You're like attending an event once a week in the same space is not the communitas that I think Jesus is talking about in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the great enemies to that is we assume that's what he that's what he meant, is mm-hmm. sitting in an auditorium together with other people. Now, I am obviously for the weekly gathering. I think that's deeply central. I think there's a lot of problems when we try to like wiggle out of I'm I'm for it. I've I've given my life to that work. But I do think we have uh, in a lot of ways almost duped ourselves into diminishing like the raw messy nature of what community life looks like and I think the church for the last 30 years has done a decent job in really kind of centralizing small groups and what small groups are supposed to accomplish mm-hmm. but I think I think our technology is working against us in a pretty severe way um I think we now know, we have a number of data points about it's linked to uh, mental health issues. I think that Mm -hmm. um, we have in many ways, in environments moved from, you know, I drive from my air conditioned house to my air conditioned car to my air conditioned office and then back again, we don't know our neighbors. Like I was Mm -hmm. reading a book a couple of years ago and it was studying the migration in America from the front stoop to the back patio at historically, at least in inner cities, it was very common. You'd come home, Mm -hmm. drop off your briefcase, and you'd have lemonade and tea on your front porch and yeah. get to know your neighbors. And we slowly migrated and we built taller and taller fences. And when we used to share a grill as a neighborhood or a lawnmower, we all got our own equipment and we drove right into our drive or into our garage. And we don't even know our neighbors, let alone you know, do life with them. Yeah. Like try to list hopes or fears of the nine closest houses to you. Most of us can't do that. Right. And uh, I think some of what has been the engine behind that is a highly um, individualized approach to spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. I think it shows up in really overt ways, but sometimes in very subtle ways. If you look at the vast majority of songs on the top 50 CCLI stuff right now, there's a lot of I language mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to that. Like it, there there needs to be a personal aspect, but I feel like, you know, my time in India showed me in a pretty profound way. We have lost... Uh, A lot of what I think historically was a part of a a communal identity Mm. because, you know, it's easier to look out for number one. It's easier to approach Christianity and faith and church as sort of a, you know, sort of a a buffet line. I want a little bit of this. I want a preacher that's like this and a band that sounds like that. And um, again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have preferences. I think those are there for a reason. But when we when we let those drive, I think that does actually ironically lead to greater and greater. Isolation and loneliness. I think the way that we break through some of that is choosing to plant ourselves in environments where, like, man, uh, they voted very differently than me, and they dress very, very differently than me, and they like hymns, and I like hill song. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. mm-hmm. there's, there's something that happens when we willingly put ourselves in places that we don't actually curate because everything's leaning towards curation right now. Mm-hmm. And when we apply curation principles to spirituality, I think it's, I think isolation is inevitable, to be honest. Mm-hmm.
0: Man, that's so good. Wow. Hit rewind on that, man. Um, <laughs> mercy. So, okay. On the other side of that, uh, what are you seeing that has you encouraged as the leader in a local church?
2: Man, so much. And I to be blunt, more so encourages me than discourages me. I know that was a long winded discouraging answer. And the part that bumps me out is like, Those are the things that make headlines, the pastoral failure, the the scandal, the implosions. For every one implosion, there's a thousand churches and pastors like faithfully walking with their people, loving their neighborhood, loving their community, teaching them in the ways of Jesus. Like just to just to be clear, like I am Mm -hmm. I am I am hopeful. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things just because it's fresh in my mind that I feel like I'm hearing a lot are communities waking up to the power of uh, songwriting for, and from within their context, Mm -hmm. not to hit a chart, not to cut an album, but just in response to, I think the Lord is raising up, uh, artists in these communities, big and small, where I think historically that was something that you, you assumed you could only do if you had a staff of 50 or more. Um, I'm seeing more and more small communities say these are the songs that are bubbling up Mm -hmm. from within our experience and our context that are giving voice The things that we sense God are doing right now. And we actually don't really care if anyone else ever hears them. I think that is, that gives me so much hope because the assumption that preaching isn't worship and that our worship isn't also doing a kind of preaching I think has honestly led to some of the isolation that we've seen, like worship is the opening act to like the main event of preaching. I I, I hope those days uh, continue to be gone. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing some of that in a lot of areas. I feel like we're seeing a lot of young people uh, reawaken to some of the beauty of like liturgy uh, Mm -hmm. and history. I think that that's um, that that's really encouraging to me. I think that there is almost an insatiable desire for mission for like, what are we, okay, what are we going to do about this? I Mm -hmm. feel like historically Mm -hmm. the church in a lot of ways positioned itself as like, here's a place where you can find community. I feel like a lot of young people are saying, I already have my friends. I already have community. Will me being a part of this community actually affect my neighborhood and those around me and those across the, you know, across the globe? Um, there seems to be a real awakening to mission, and not not like in a not in a religious tourism kind of way, where we simply go, we fly somewhere, we make no relationships, we end up feeling you know, bad about our existence. And then we go back unchanged. like sustainable missiology um, that's rooted in like a solid Christology, I think is something that I'm actually seeing more and more. And I love, I'm biased because I'm a student pastor by trade, you know, that's like my first love. But I I see that coming from like the next gen. Mm -hmm. And in our context, it's been so beautiful because not only is that happening, but like the older generations are being receptive to it. Like they're understanding, oh man, part, it's not just about me and my faith. It's about passing the baton of faith. Mm. And how can we, how can we better more effectively, more faithfully uh, pass these things on to the people who will come after us. That was always the biggest battle as a youth pastor. It was like students, you're over there, you're quarantined, you're loud and noisy and we'll do big church the way that we do it. Right. I feel like some of those walls are breaking down and that, that just gives me such hope. Mm.
1: That's, That's, awesome. That's, That's awesome. That's oh, awesome. Come on. Come okay. On. So, so other than living, homeless in India for two years. But what would you say to someone who's first starting out in ministry? Maybe they're trying to build a firm foundation. So what is some advice you would give?
2: Gosh, first piece of advice. Don't, don't do what I did. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm a real slow learner. I wish I could tell you that like my life is marked by a pattern of like the Lord revealing something and then me responding. That has not been my MO. I'm more of like a, I have to get pinned to the mat and tap out, unfortunately. And um, so I already feel like the old guy in a lot of these conversations where like I'm talking to young pastors and I'm like, let me tell you, you'll be you'll be (laughs) appreciative if you just do this. And I'm sure they're like, shut up, man. You're 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 one foot in the grave, I'm sure. Um, So what I'm going to say are things that I'm still very much struggling with. So I don't say these uh, by any stretch as an expert. Um, first thing that comes to mind for me uh, are uh, rhythms of rest and Sabbath, which feel so counterintuitive to like a a real tenacious, just entering the workforce, going to make a name for myself. Like I think of the conversation Pete Scazzaro had with Rich Valotis, and he said, uh, the one thing that will get you fired from this church is not keeping a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not wow. actually taking a Sabbath, you will not actually have the depth that you'll need to draw from in order to pastor effectively and i'm i'm spot i'm fully in that that camp without establishing real rhythms of rest and sabbath and i include with that and this is something we talk a lot about here and it feels so benign but like i i talk uh probably ad nauseum about formation as not a christian thing but a human thing we're all being formed by someone or something the question is do you know what it is so when people talk about yeah, first thing I reach for every morning is my cell phone. Like that's forming you. Mm -hmm. It's maybe not going to lead to like a pastoral implosion, but that is a formation device. And if you want to make it in ministry, if this is forming you more than the word of God, then quiet, solitude, rest, Sabbath, like it might not be a a massive dramatic uh, inferno, but that will slowly chip away at your capacity to actually be present to God and with others And honestly, if as pastors in particular, we're not being present to God and others, then we're not really doing the work of pastoral ministry. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's it's been a hard fought battle to establish those parameters. And thankfully, my wife is so much better at it than me. Like she helps hold me accountable to these things. But little, little tiny decisions. Like when I get home, I turn my phone off until my kids are asleep. That's not that big a deal. It's 90 minutes or whatever. Yeah. But like getting in that habit of, no, I'm fully present with my kids. My family's my first ministry. Yeah. And if I'm constantly checking and answering Slack and email, like that's not only forming me, that's forming them. Mm-hmm. And establishing some of those those rhythms, I think has been um, massively important. And... And the reminder that those things aren't in order to earn God's favor or affection. They actually help us live into his favor and affection that we could never earn on our own anyway. Like they're means to remind us when I rest, I think Sabbath is such a beautiful picture of grace because I intentionally do nothing. And God still loves me just as much as he did yeah. when I preached a sermon the day before. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, is, it is formative in that sense that I have to do the thing that's very hard for me not to do, which is work. Mm. I find a lot of identity in my work. And what I find so interesting is that like alcoholics get treatment, but workaholics get applause. Workaholism will get you accolades. Mm. Uh, and, and I think that's why it's so important that we like intentionally have to steer Against a culture that says you are what you do, the Bible says something very, very different. Mm -hmm. And you will not sustain a ministry if you allow the myths and scripts of what the world has deemed important to infiltrate how it is that you do what you do in your marriage, your parenting, with your ministry. And uh, I've realized with every passing, you're just how integrated all that is it's not yeah. just ian that you like work a lot is that you find your identity in it yeah. and that wow. will not lead to a flourishing pastoral ministry if that's where you find your value and worth you know what i mean wow.
0: goodness wow. gracious why did we wait so long to talk to you it's ridiculous <laughs> man that's so kind oh man this is so good uh this this could be like a five-parter um so okay we end every Uh, interview with the same question. We call it the big room question. If we gathered every worship leader and all their volunteers and all the production leaders and all their volunteers Mm. and we put them all in one big room and we Mm -hmm. gave Ian Simpkins a microphone, what would you want to say to them?
2: That's such a great way to end an interview. by the way, like props to you guys. I love, I love that question. I think that's Mm. so wise. I would say something like this. I would say, you are an image bearer with work to do not a work doer with an image to maintain like we have a task a mission work existed before the fall like this co-partnership with god in like making his goodness and presence and love and mercy known like that is that's a gift that's not a that's not a part of the curse to work with god to be co to be co-laborers to be invited into his work is a gift. The problem that I find in, I think more in ministry than almost any other environment is that we often see our value as the work we do, not first and foremost, as just an image bearer, as a, as a son or a daughter, or a child. And I think when we get that twisted, when we get that inverted. When we start to believe that God's love for me is based on my performance for him, it all falls apart. It's the, it makes me think of the uh, Revelation 2, where he says, I see the good work that you're doing. I see the good deeds. I see the toil. I see the effort. I think he would say to us as pastors and musicians, as leaders, he would say, I see all the work you're doing. I do hold this one thing against you, though. You've left your first love. He says all of these good works, all of this accomplishment, all of these accolades, all of these book deals, all of these baptisms, whatever it is. God never intended for us to do for him without doing with him. Mm-hmm. And I think we, so, we so often mistake activity for intimacy. And I, I think that is a fatal, that's a fatal mistake. You are an image bearer with work to do, not a work doer with an image to earn an image to maintain. Mm-hmm. And I'm still learning that I'm pushing 40 and I still have to regularly. I have to call that out what it is. When I look at the the post of the sermon and now that, that one didn't get as many shares as the one from the week before, or worse yet, the guest preacher from the week before, like, wow, why do they like him so much more <laughs> that, 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 that's all sick. And I hate admitting that but that's all in there for me. And I have to regularly come back to Adam and Eve's very first full day was not a day of work. It was first a day of rest, right? I mean, Jesus baptism in the river. Hadn't done a, hadn't done a single thing. And God said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. He's not accomplished anyone, not raised anyone from the dead, not performed any miracles. Like God's pleasure, his, his affection for you is not based on your performance for him. And you can rest in that. And it's from that posture then that we strive for excellence in our artistry, in our execution. We work from his affection, not for it. Oh. And that mm-hmm. shift for me, was like monumental. I had spent so much of my life working for God's approval. And I felt like God was saying, why are you working so hard for the thing that I've already freely given you? Mm-hmm. And when I got it, mm-hmm. it changed. do I still work hard? Absolutely. But not to flag him down, not so that he'll love me. It's like, Lord, who am I that you would know my name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to show me grace and mercy? And it's from that place then that we work hard and we work with excellence. And, uh, I think that that the motivation changes everything.
0: Mm, mm, mm.
2: Mercy, uh, Ian,
0: thank you so much. And I'm going to tell you something that's absolutely true. There are a handful of pastors now. So like in this season of ministry, when I've stepped, stepped off of a church staff and my wife and I, in in 27 years of marriage, we're picking a church for the first time. It's so weird, Hmm. uh, not being on a local staff. So there are, um, there are feeds that I plug into that really help us in this time
2: mm. and,
0: and your ears is one of them uh, at the bridge. Wow. And I'm just so grateful for uh, the way you share the word. And, um, and I love how you do it on Instagram. I mean, what a great, example of the, of using the technology of today to, hmm. to get the truth of the word out there. So man, thank you for a gift to the kingdom. And I mean that I don't say that at the end of every interview, no disrespect to the other guests, but <laughs> uh, you are a gift to the kingdom. So guys, I hope you'll go, Thank you. Man. go check out, uh, at Ian Simkins, S I M K I N S, uh, on Instagram, give him a follow, uh, check out the bridge, uh, man, cause they are doing some killer things. I think you're hmm your worship department just recorded uh, a rec a new recording i'd love to hear that man and so
2: love that that they're doing that and and just mm. man thanks for taking the time today dude my pleasure man thank you for your kindness and encouragement that that truly means more than you know i appreciate it
0: i'm still stuck on you're an image bearer yeah. with work to do not a, a
1: worker a, an image to with an image gain to, or to gain or maintain yeah, yeah.
0: I, i'm are you kidding i oh, know my right word
1: right the second he said it i, I wanted to be like stop <laughs> wait say it again
0: no kidding <laughs> so I mean, incredible what a great guy and a, yeah. another guy i was thinking you know we have we're we got we're working on this idea coffee with Casetto our friend John Casetto from Saddleback. Mm-hmm. Um, what about like sweet tea with Simpkins? <laughs> he's a Tennessee guy, right? He's, he's got to He's a Tennessee sweet tea. guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's
0: probably a better name out there. I you know, know I don't know. Does the, it
1: have to be a food or a beverage? It
0: mean, Doesn't. No, it could be. Some something. I don't no. know. But I'm going to tell you what you're going to hear from him again. We're yeah. going to have him back. Yeah. Because what a what a man what a. Incredible contribution to the kingdom, and, and seriously, make sure you go file follow at Ian Simpkins. He'll be tagged in the post. Yeah, um, go follow him on Instagram. It will be, it'll be the best follow you make today. Oh, for
1: real! Everything he posts sure. is shareable. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, you're, right? you're like I mean,
1: going through his posts like, oh, shared a story, and then you next post, oh, share, and I'm like, oh man, right. <laughs> you cannot right. pick. Just, uh, just one thing. He, yeah, Yeah, that guy's incredible. Absolutely. Incredible. Incredible. Guys, thank you so much uh, for listening today, for hanging out with us, for spending some time with us. Remember to hit subscribe wherever it is that you are listening to your podcast. That way you never have to search for us. We're just right there, bright and early Tuesday morning, ready for you to hit play and start your day out right. And, uh, like Brian said earlier, do us a favor, head on over to Apple podcasts, leave us a five-star rating with a nice review, drop some nice words in there. You know, boost boost BTZ go. I'm struggling, guys. He's, <laughs> I'm really struggling. He's, he's feeling pretty low lately, so just you know, just give him a little boost, a little confidence boost. He uh, he appreciates that. He he hangs out in those reviews all the time, just looking all the time, looking all for his time. daily affirmations from. Uh, <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> And guys, thank you so much for following us, uh, engaging with us, chatting back and forth, sending your DMs on all of the socials at Worship Leader Props on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can even find us on Twitter by searching the hashtag Worship Leader Props.
0: Yeah, and we love engaging with you, as Jen said. So please, please, thanks for following. Um, Hey, we have have a list of friends that we tell you about on here. Near the top of that list, Maven Media Productions. So they're helping us with editing the audio and uh, producing all kinds of videos and graphics and stuff for the podcast. And they can do the same thing for you if you need uh, your your company you or your company your church your ministry you need some help with branding or social media strategy or consulting you need a website whatever it is contact our friends at mavenmediaproductions.com incredible people incredible people and they'll do a great job for you mm. and thanks to my friend Scott Hoke for our intro guys We really, really are glad that you tuned in today and listened. So thank you for doing that. Until next time. Deuces.
1: Smell you later.